Hi, welcome to Dr. C in the D. I'm Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, and I'm here with my amazing uh, associate, Dr. Uh, Alexa Karbowski. And today, I just want to be really excited about sharing that Infertility Awareness Week is coming up. And it is April 23rd to the 29th. And what is Infertility Awareness Week? Well, it was first founded in 1989 by a support group called Resolve, who felt that it was very important to have as their mission the ability to empower change in conversation about infertility. And as a matter of fact, in 2010, National Infertility Awareness Week became a federally recognized health observance by the Department of Health and Human Services. So this is a real deal, and it is something that the government in 2010 agreed that we need to talk about it, focus on it, and make people aware that fertility is an important health concern for um, women and men in, in the United States. So Alexa, I, I'm really excited to talk about this because we always want to make awareness of fertility, and fertility yes. is a medical diagnosis, right? And 10 to 15% of the population suffers from infertility. And like I tell people, if you have problems with diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, you're in a doctor's office in a heartbeat. But some, for some reason, people struggle with wanting to see someone when they're trying to have problems with getting pregnant. So Alexa, what when would be a, a time frame where people might be saying, hey, you know what, it hasn't happened yet. When should I start seeing either you or me? Yeah, so I agree 100%. Um, you know, a lot of people, whether it's an embarrassment thing, or they're not sure, they don't know when it's appropriate to seek help. And through these, you know, different awareness things and whatnot, hopefully, we bring more attention to people to reach out. Generally speaking, if we're looking at strictly an age group or a number, if we're under the age of 35, and we've been trying for a year, that would be the definition of infertility for that age group. Um, if we are over the age of 35, that cutoff becomes a little less at the six month range. And that's primarily because of the changes that we would see in ovarian reserve and egg quality and things like that. Now, with that being said, those are the two, you know, general, if you will, uh, definitions of infertility. But there are certain other things that could also prompt someone to seek help, um, which we're going to kind of go over, you know, hormonal things, sperm things, structural things. So, you know, starting with that as one of the topics, you know, hormonally, uh, you may be someone who hasn't met one of those definitions, but you may have a suspicion or a diagnosis of PCOS, for example. Um, you know, you know, your hormones are off, your ovulation is very irregular. And if you are trying to conceive, that certainly may prompt you to see us sooner than that time frame. Because if we're having very regular ovulation, hormonal imbalances, um, it's not necessary that you must wait that time frame to see us sooner for that evaluation. Uh, there's also many other hormonal things. So you know, if you do have irregular cycles, absent cycles, there are multiple hormones that can contribute to that, like prolactin and thyroid, which is all addressed and viewed when we do our initial basic workup. Um, family history, you know, yes, of PCOS, but premature ovarian insufficiency, things like that, which are also potentially hormonal, um, you may be seeing us sooner than those general guidelines. And those are all things that are addressed as part of our workup to determine you know, is there something that we can do to intervene to help you on this journey sooner than later, um, without necessarily feeling though, you have to wait, I do see patients, I'm sure you do too, Dr. K, often that are like, you know, I haven't been getting my period, it's super regular, but someone said, you're young, just wait, it's fine, mm -hmm. you know, wait a year. And 
I try to really stress people, no, if something's off there, you know, you don't have to wait a year. It's appropriate to come sooner and have that hormonal workup um, as one of those categories that may be worth exploring a little further. And and I think that that's very important. And you mentioned a couple of things to, to point out. One, as you said, uh, the word embarrassed. Uh, there's no reason or need to feel that way because it's a medical diagnosis. And I do hear that people are like, oh, they really don't want to go see someone. They don't want to say that they're having difficulty. They're afraid to say they're having difficulty. But remember, everybody knows somebody who is struggling with infertility. One out of eight couples, 10 to 15% of the population, you are not alone. And there's no, it's it's medical condition. It's a medical thing. And and over 90% of the time, we can find a reason that you're having these struggles and then also have a high percentage of, of treatment options to help you. So, you know, we're here to have you take that ownership of your fertility, to not be afraid, to not say, you know, oh, I shouldn't tell anybody or I'm I'm embarrassed or I'm anxious or I'm worried. You know, this is where we are here to help you and to realize that you're not alone. How many times, Alexa, have I heard people say that, they were struggling, they were struggling, then they're at a bowling party or that or they're at a communion or they're at the bar and they kind of relay finally to somebody that they're having struggles. And every single time a couple will say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this person said, oh yeah, I was struggling too, or my sister was struggling, or yeah. I have a friend or we went through this and it totally opens that door to be able to say, you know, you're not alone and let's go ahead and get this work up sooner. The other thing is I've got a third definition of infertility is if you're over 40, it's yep. yesterday to see me. So, and right. the reason for that is, you know, you don't want to bombard somebody who just got married at 40 and say, Hey, you know, let's, are you having kids? But the thing to remember is we women are, are rock stars, right? And, and so we look younger than we are. We're doing all these great things. We're, we're juggling all these, these balls in the air. We're, we're professionals, we're educated, we're, we're hardworking at home and, and we're, we're just, we're just so women are amazing. Right. And, and what a lot of women don't appreciate is while the guys have constant mix of sperm and they have a wider fertility window, we have a finite window. So I, Alexa and I, I know you and I are seeing a lot of women in their forties, early fifties that are like, hello, you are blowing yes. me away. Um, and then they come and see us and their fertility doesn't match what we're seeing you know, on the outside and their other health. I mean, they're healthy in every single way. So, you know, if you're over 40 and you, you're 42 and you just got married and, and you're feeling like you want to have kids in a few years, you're somebody that should see us, you know, sooner than later so that we can get an idea of what your fertility potential is and also guide you as to what to do. And then the other thing is, you know, if you're thinking about having a baby and you're kind of in that definition, you're not quite there yet, you can always come in to say, hey, you know what? What is my fertility potential? There are ways that we can check your hormones and your ultrasound and say you're in nine months into trying and your periods are fine, but it's not happening yet. You're not quite ready to do anything treatment wise, nor maybe should you because you're not met the definition. There's no reason why you can't say, hey, you know what? I'm not ready to do anything. I'm just curious. Let me see where I stand. And, and I can't tell you how many times we've had you and I, right, patients where, where they'll come in for that and then they'll be like, oh, gee, I didn't I didn't know my FSH was this or 
wow, I didn't know I had a polyp in my uterus, which I'll let you talk about in a minute, but, um, or I didn't know my husband's sperm count was this. We had no clue. So, you know, especially if you want more than one baby and you want to plan your family, it's not a bad idea if you're curious, you know, to get, you know, seen and, and we can do that evaluation. So, um, Alexa, you mentioned the, the female piece and there's three parts of the triangle. There's, there's, um, hormones, sperm and structure. So I'll let you pick, do you want to do sperm or structure? And I'll do the other one. Oh, let's see. I'll do structure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So, so we talked about the hormonal aspect a little bit. Um, structurally there can be, few components that can relate to not only getting pregnant, but having a healthy, successful pregnancy, lower chance of miscarriage. So whether you've been actively trying, or like you said, you're just kind of curious. I had a few patients today, actually, in that scenario, of, hey, just want to see where I'm at 34, almost 35, not quite ready. And we get this workup. So hormones, yes, structurally, we want to evaluate, you know, we'll, we'll always do our baseline ultrasound that is going to give us, you know, a full detailed images of the uterus, the ovaries, the fallopian tubes. A uh, big part of that is also that antral follicle count, which is going to be another piece of the puzzle for the ovarian reserve. So, you know, on that, you're going to get general information about um, your anatomy. We'll always take that a step further, dependent on your history um, on determining which test is best for you to evaluate the uterine cavity and the fallopian tubes better. So typically we're looking at either a saline sonogram, which is a test where we add saline to the uterus to allow us to evaluate for polyps, fibroids, filling defects. We can also check your tubes there, although there are some patients that they may be better suited for the alternative test, which is the hysterosalpingogram or the HSG which sometimes is a bit more appropriate if we have a little more concern for the tubes. So they both have the ability to evaluate the uterus and the tubes, um, but dependent on you as a patient, one may be better for you than the other. And that allows us to really dictate your treatment plan to know what are we offering to you that's appropriate. If both your tubes are blocked, that changes our plan dramatically. Um, if there's a fibroid or a polyp in your uterus, that's something we would need to address before, not only for pregnancy, but for miscarriage purposes. So we always suggest that off the bat. I do with some patients, if I really need that, is it really necessary? And I usually, yes, yeah, strongly, strongly support mm -hmm. it because I don't want to give you a plan that's not going to work. I don't want to waste your time. And I also don't want to have something potentially like a miscarriage happen that we could have avoided um, by doing that simple initial structural test. Yeah, perfect. And and so that is, is, as Alexa pointed out, you know, it's so critical to be able to know what that structure is. And it, and you need three parts, you know, three parts of the pie to be able to put it together to figure out what the right plan is for you. So again, that leads us to the third piece, which is male factors. So 30 to 50% of the time, it's a problem with the guys. So it's important that if there's been anything in the history uh, uh, structural issues where there's been some trauma or injury to the testicle, or if there's any kind of hormonal issues that that gentlemen may have, if there's any environmental issues, smoking, drinking, um, high heat exposure, uh, mm -hmm. high you know jacuzzi use, hot tub use. There's a dilated vein in the testicle that if it almost looks like a bag of worms in the scrotal area, that elevated heat can affect sperm parameters. Is there a family history? Uh, going on with the guys. So is there any kind of surgeries that had happened near the the uh, testicular uh, area that could be a sign that 
there may be problems. So, you know, it's important that we get that semen analysis sooner than later and in conjunction with the female workup so that we have an idea of what we're working with. And a guy could have a very good sperm count and, and motility, but have a low shape and you need a normal shape of the sperm to be able to fertilize the eggs. So again, you know, if you're in that, that time frame or if any of those things in his history is showing up, then it warrants getting evaluated sooner than later. So um, I just think it's really, really important. And, and the thing I also want to say in, in conclusion to this, Alexa, is, you know, it's really important that we're a to remember that we're a team with you. So every patient, every couple deserves to get a workup done and deserves to have choices. So we don't dictate to you that you can't be seen because you're a certain age or that, you know, the only option you have is this, you know, there are always more than one option to discuss. Now there's some options that are going to be way better for you based on your test results or what your desire for children number wise would be, but everyone deserves a choice. So, you know, we're not a program that says state your name IVF. There are a lot of things that you can do that are short of IVF. I mean, heck, Alexa, how many times have you and I fixed a thyroid before? Yeah. They've gotten pregnant on their own or yeah. they'll be, you know, hey, you know, I went to another program and they told me the only reason that way I can get pregnant is IVF and they've gotten pregnant with Clomid and insemination and they saved all that money for a college fund. So, you know, and then there's others that really do need the IVF. And yeah. so, you know, what we are is a team we're on your team and we are a team and together we're going to decide what options are right for you. And, and that is considering the data, but also considering your personal beliefs, religious, financial concerns. So we put it all together and we work together as a team and give you the choices and our patients are bright. Our patients are, you know, I, I don't know about you, but every one of my patients are well-read. They've come to this appointment and they're they're on it. They've talked to people, they've looked things up. And so, you know, I think you treat patients the same way. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And I think that that's one of the highlights of the practice, you know, is our job is to help you through the journey to provide you with the information that you need and then use that information to make a good choice together as a team with what you're comfortable with, you know, knowing the facts and having yeah. a good proper workout. So I hope through this podcast, everyone listening will know that there are certain things that will guide you as to when to see a fertility doc. You have a little idea of if there's something in your history that is a little bit of a concern that could affect your fertility, that you know, it's time to see a fertility doc and and their team to then help you guide uh, with what the right choice is and when to start doing a workup. So thank you, Alexa, for, um, again, being amazing. You've been with me like forever. I you know, don't know what I do without thank you. you. <laughs> uh, but so thank you for listening. And uh, this is Dr. Kowalczyk for Dr. C and the D. And we'll, we'll talk to you next podcast.